For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Everybody, this is in Liberty and Health, episode seventeen. That's seventeen, right? Yeah, we'll go with that, even if it's not. <laughs> I'm very, very happy to have my guest on today, Shane Hazel. Um, he's someone that I really, really admire in the Liberty movement, and uh, someone that I would say probably has the most sack out of anybody that's probably ran in the last like twenty years. To have uh, a Liberty hero um, in a lot of people's minds approach him and ask him to do something, and this man just borderline ended uh his kind of liberty career if you're looking at it from like a principled standpoint so sort of got a little bit of a long tangent but uh shane how you doing man i'm good man thanks for having me on um uh yeah i don't know uh i think people want people that are going out there and kicking these guys in the nuts right now and you know i guess you know the, the time has arrived for you know guys like me that are have been waiting for those guys to, you know, I don't know. You're probably a lot like me in terms of like, you've been waiting for somebody to come up and kick these guys in the nuts for a long time. And it's just like, where have they been? You know, it's like, I mean, I don't know to, to finally to, I don't know, to, to be able to fill those, those market needs is uh it's a, it's a pleasure for me to be able to do it. Cause I, I've been wishing people would say this shit I'm saying for a long time. So if, if that's a clue to anybody who's looking to get it in the space, you know, go out there and be your own damn hero. Don't wait around anybody else to do this shit for you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's essentially the saying of, uh, you know, jump and grow wings on the way down is that did, you know, when the time has come, it's time to freaking rock and roll. Yeah. Um, just listen to your podcast and everything today got me so amped up. I listened to your one with uh, Tommy Sammons this morning and, mm. you know, despite it being a, a different vibe, cause you guys were talking about fatherhood. Um, I love all the stuff you put out and um, to kind of tailor on to what you were saying there earlier, I really do think that the time for liberty has come within these next four years. And, you know, everybody says it's the most important election of our lifetime. Oh, this election, this election is the most important one of our lifetime. I think this one, you can actually say that and it bears a little bit more legitimacy just because after lockdowns and COVID for two years, I think there is just this mass starvation for people to just say no more we're through with this we want something different and I I've ripped Republicans apart on this podcast because I've I come from a work of all boomer cons um, I don't want to go on too long but uh, I after hearing how great Trump was for five years I 
lost my fucking mind when I finally, you know, started listening to the Austrians and the guys who are like, you know, right about everything. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I just tried, I was like, these guys aren't the guys. The GOP is done. It's time to move on. And I think you had a little bit of a similar experience. So uh, I, I guess my question here is, how, what brought you to Liberty? And then um, I guess after that, we can kind of touch on where you see it going forward, because I think it's very, I'm very, very optimistic if we can do this right. And it looks like we're definitely shaping up to do it right. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it was um, after my 2018 run, I, I ran as a Republican um, and challenged a, a, a U.S. congressman in my district that I grew up in. Um from the GOP side, you know, I primaried the guy. And for me, man, it was one of those things where I just saw it plain as day. I went in very naive. Um, was like, damn, man, I'm this hometown hero, badass, you know, and realized like, I'm just going to go in here and kick the shit out of this guy and show him how badass I am with the, the constitution. I'm going to, you know, talk about rights and freedom and constitutional scores and how this guy doesn't know, you know, jack shit about, um, what his oath of office means and everything else. And I was met with the Republican establishment machine at the county level and at, you know, the, the, the district level and then at the national level. And these guys, man, I'll tell you what, you know, hometown here, I'll be damned. Like they're going to stab you in the back. They're going to rig this thing. They're going to do anything and everything they can to ignore you and um you know keep you out of polls keep you out of debates keep well keep their guy out of debate so he doesn't look like a jackass and i mean if anybody's interested in some some fun theater is go back and watch the uh the debate against rob woodall it was the only one he would do and he got crushed in it. and so i think you know after seeing what it was that the gop is it's like hey man you're gonna do good things for the gop someday but you got to get in line basically and i was just like get Fuck, man, if you guys are going to hold this guy who's got a 50 something percent, um, you know, he's kind of a wet noodle policy wonk who just kind of wants to like work around the edges of this, you know, at the time, I guess it was a four trillion dollar behemoth. I was like, you guys are running a one point five trillion dollar deficit every year. And this guy is nibbling at it like you guys are going to lose this. And so I just kind of got to that point where it's like, all right. I'm done. And then uh, the Libertarian Party kind of came knocking and they're like, what are you doing? You're a libertarian. I was like, don't tell anybody, right? Like I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to fucking, you know, use some craft here. I'm trying to use a lot of my you know, skills from the Marine Corps in terms of asymmetrical warfare, um, counterinsurgency, insurgency, like all this stuff that's in my wheelhouse. And, you know, made a good dent the first time around at about 30%, but um you know, in, in, in terms of being a viable person and saying what I wanted to say and really pushing full on liberty, I, I was muffled. You know, I mean, I had a I had a campaign manager that I did a show with for about a year and, you know, um, I was even muffled there. And it wasn't until I started speaking my mind, you know, in, in, in detail without filters mm -hmm. um, that uh you know it kind of got to where i am now and to to get to the liberty side it was just like you know this gop man no matter what happens it's it's doomed these guys i mean mm -hmm. these guys fucking lose even when they are in power <laughs> and they they kind of talk tough you know talk tough 
uh, like a bunch of fucking cucks um, mm. in the meet, you know, like when they're not in power. And I think exactly, even that's yeah. kind of gone, right? It's like mm. you guys have betrayed, like the, the GOP had betrayed all of our rights, starting with the Patriot Act, I think in 2001, 2002 timeframe. Yeah. And it just kind of went from there, man. I was just like, oh, golly. I mean, they, they've fallen so far out of grace. It's just like these, I don't want to be part of these guys are controlled opposition. And so mm-hmm. I, I was kind of happily left and was greeted with open arms from the Libertarian Party. And thank God, because you know, it's just one of the things is like I'm I'm passionate about it. I work my ass off for it and you know, really don't take any any sort of real money. Um, and you know, it's just at the end of the day, you just want to be free. And the fucking the two duopoly uniparties murder cult system isn't gonna help you do that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree completely. And uh I've kind of harkened back to this a lot, but I really think after, um, you know, four years of Trump, it really showed Republicans for who they were, Um, despite the fact that he was a populist and his rhetoric on war was good. If you look at in action, it it was like the complete opposite, ridiculous spending. His wife was trying to pass, um, you know, paid family leave, the stimulus checks, which, oh, he was fighting them. But then, you know, it was um, essentially instead of sending two billion dollars here, we'll just send them one point eight billion instead. It was just, you know, his whole presidency was pretty much just a belly up. The establishment wins. So, uh, I like that you call them a controlled opposition because at this point, I really don't know what else you could call them because, the, you know, the, they're not even that good when they're not in charge. They'll say good stuff. And I heard uh, Ted Cruz talking on the floor and he was complaining about the debt. And then he talked about Obama and Biden. But, you know, he skipped one skipped right there. Trump, man, that's the thing is like he's like, I'll never sign another of these things again. And he did it every damn time it came around, exactly. you know, and, Continuing resolution, AUMF, whatever came across his desk. He's like, fucking, I'll never do it again. And he stroked it. <laughs> I think, I think the biggest accomplishment of Trump is getting the GOP to accept a New York Democrat, you know? And that's the thing is like, <laughs> you look around and you're just like, guys, this guy's a New York Democrat. I mean, yeah. I, hate to, I hate to tell you, but you know, like, I know even a New York Democrat is better than the socialists and the communists that are out there running now. But like mm-hmm. you're, that's, that's where you get to with this comparative politics nonsense instead of principled politics, you know, where, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I don't know if you can even call it principled politics anymore, but yeah. you know, you got a guy that's talking about red flag laws, take the guns mm-hmm. first, do, do process, process later. Uh, I mean, uh, on top of everything else, I mean, he's obviously, um, you know, civil asset forfeiture guy. He is absolutely mm-hmm. against, you know, removing qualified immunity. The, the, the idea that he was going to take land at the border and all these things, just like God almighty, like 20 years ago, Republicans would have had a really hard time, you know, hearing any of this. And they could have called it out quite frankly for what it was. Uh, and, and that was obviously, you know, New York Democrat nonsense, um, you know, <laughs> where, where statism fits, um, you know, people who are, are happy to accept it. Now, it's funny is, you know, it's he's been kind of a driving force behind this guy down here in Georgia. His name is Vernon Jones. He's running mm-hmm. for governor, um, trying to primary Brian Kemp as a Republican. He's been a Democrat his whole career, mm-hmm. 12 years. He's, he's been a Democrat. <laughs> and like there are literally there are Republicans lining up to vote for this guy mm-hmm. because Trump's kind of friendly with him and you're just like 
God almighty, you got a New York Democrat and now you got an Atlanta Democrat <laughs> together and he's like, shit. Yeah, you couldn't be fur- you couldn't be further from the tree of like natural Republican than a New York Democrat or like a Georgia, like maybe like an Atlanta, Georgia, not, you know, but you know what I'm saying? You yeah. could not be further from like your typical Republican. It, it's it's hilarious. But, you know, there's so many people kind of floating out that everything going on now, all the disasters happening right now would not be happening under Trump, which to me just. I, I Yeah, it's like how how can you look at the last year objectively and they're not looking objectively, but um, and then say that this wouldn't be happening under Trump. Honestly, I think Trump would probably push the vaccine mandates just as much. And then I think a lot of his base would probably support him in doing it they think i I think i actually just saw an interview with him and uh, mark levin yeah where he's like you know they were saying it would take like five to seven years Uh, and and i did it in like nine months and you're like i saved a hundred million lives it was the greatest vaccine ever and yeah and you're sitting there like holy fuck guys like you're 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 buying this bullshit Mm -hmm. um like vaccines aren't rushed for a reason you know health and and, and new cures and all that kind of stuff aren't aren't rushed well we thought for a reason but now it's just like hey operation warp speed and it was just whatever the narrative needed to be to push america to Mm -hmm. a vaccine like trump did it and then as soon as you know biden kamala came in they did and it's just it's just whatever the narrative needs to be that needs to be pushed those guys just carry water for it they're Mm. fine with it they don't give a shit at the end of the day and that's the thing is they keep you know it's it's the old george carlin bit it's like there's a fucking club and you're not in that fucking club (laughs) right And, and 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 to think that billionaires give a shit about the average Mm. man or woman like, how could they? They're not in touch with it. They don't understand it. They don't yep. live it. They're not worried about, you know, not only, you know, their next paycheck. They're not worried about life. Like, they've got it hacked. And they've got the wealth that's just, you know, coming in. They're closest mm-hmm. to the centralized planning. And they're never, ever going to be worried about the same shit that the average man and woman is worried about. So, to think at the end of the day that they give a shit about policies when, I don't know. I mean, you saw over this past 21 months where, you know, stars like Arnold Schwarzenegger were sitting in a jacuzzi and just like smoking a cigar saying, just stay home, man. Just <laughs> yeah, stay screw home. Screw your freedom. Like, what are you fucking talking yeah. about? Just stay home, man. I got to put food on the table for my, my, my wife and kids. I got to, you know, make sure that they're provided for. And you should say, just stay home. This isn't like, I don't have just a call in type of position. Yeah, exactly. And it's very ironic to see celebrities, you know, making, like you said, billions of dollars telling you to stay home. It's like, (laughs) how off base could you be like the people who fix your car, who fix your house? These guys don't get to stay home. These are blue collar people. Right. Yeah, we all got a job to do. And, you know, it's easy for you to say on your mountains of cash and your golden shitter that, hey, look, (laughs) just just stay home, bro. Look, we're doing our part to stop the spread. We'll throw a mask on if we have to go walk outside. But, you know, they got Uber Eats and a fucking limousine coming to their house, dropping them off food, you know, whatever they want. And the other part that's so ridiculous about it, if you think about what government is and how government's funded, it's by stolen money 
by horrible people, right? And then what do they do yeah. with that money? They spend it on ridiculous things, and then they have the nerve to tell you you're not essential. Like, if you think about this full circle and you understand, you know, anything about the government, then you can realize how ridiculous of a statement it is for the government to tell anybody they're not essential. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the people that live, literally live off of life, liberty, and property by their very nature saying, all right, well, we got to kind of curtail, you know, the 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 lives of the non-essential like wait wait wait. i'm i'm pretty sure that's not within any of your powers and i think least we forget is like i think christy gnome was the only governor in the entire united states that didn't use those words that didn't put you know their their state into either a lockdown or a stay-at-home type of mandate type thing and you know like I mean, that's the thing is Republican governors everywhere did the exact same thing. Some of them came out of it earlier than others. Uh, I think under pressure of their population, uh, the fact that those populations have, you know, large concentrations uh, per capita of firearms, they were just like, no, we're going to go and make things happen for our, our, you know, our families and our communities and neighborhoods. And that, I mean, that seems like it, it's, it's like they have you know selective amnesia about what they did in their states over the past 21 months and i i think it's gonna hit these guys extremely hard like i think you were saying earlier is like you know this is a pun intended a golden opportunity for liberty <laughs> and you know it's like all right well let's how do how do we capitalize on all this kind of stuff here in in 2022 and 2024 i don't i, I and i honestly don't even know that in 2024 if there will be a federal government, you know, that uh, we're going to be casting ballots for. I think a lot mm -hmm. of people have just kind of gotten to that point where they're like, listen, it's a banana republic and no election is ever going to be secure. Uh, not to mention ballot access is a thing um, or not a thing for, you know, a lot of our people that we want to run anyway. Right. And, and I just don't know how much of their how much of an appetite there is for some of the things that are being floated out now and you see the inflation and it goes to the uh, old saying of you know how'd you go broke you know very slowly and then very suddenly oh, which, all you all know, slowly at first and then all of a sudden right yeah yeah, yeah. so they, they keep pushing this narrative that inflation's transitory and uh, I listen to a ton of Peter Schiff but uh, his thing is yeah it is transitory we're transitioning over to higher inflation <laughs> which and if you understand history, then you know that these hyperinflation scenarios play out and it gets ugly. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's funny is um, I'm a big fan of the anti-federalists and just, you know, history in general. There's a lot of great Rothbard books over out there um, along, you know, along these lines in terms of the history of money. And to understand that when you start switching currencies man, bad shit happens, right? And it's not because, you know, it needs to. It's because the people who have the power of currency are in their death rows and they still have the money to buy people who will go out and die for that money. And that's kind of, you know, I hate to say, it, I feel like that's kind of where we're at, right? Is like, mm -hmm. you know, this, this um, dip in Bitcoin lately has kind of been one of those last moment, I think, you know, uh, dips to help everybody who's not in who's in power get in 
um, at a lower rate. And then I'm, I'll tell you right now, man, I, you know, they were talking about hundred thousand dollar Bitcoin before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I think it's still a full possibility with even sure. with just a month left, right? Like if if we're looking at everything in terms of you know inflation and inflating a money supply, and not just inflating prices, but you know inflating a money supply by forty percent over the course of a year, in terms of total debt in two hundred and forty four years, and you're adding forty percent to that in one year, holy shit! Like right. that is. Like, I mean, it's not something you can hide from people. It's something that they didn't admit. And now they're just like, oh, you know, it kind of snuck up on us and we're blindsided. Bullshit. You guys like, yeah. come on. You guys knew about this kind of stuff long ago. You knew it was a Band-Aid in 2008. And the forest fire that is here to burn down the forest forever is now upon us. And they still don't want to admit it. And I think, you know, I, I wholeheartedly think that, you know, this whole COVID, um, you know, lockdown regime tyranny i think it has been an absolute response to the idea that economies are failing um Mm -hmm. and they're failing extremely hard and i think a lot of those people want to keep their free-range humans inside of you know their taxable authority (laughs) type of perimeter i i I honestly I, i think that's really kind of what it boils down to and to to see it play out man it is uh it i'll tell you what there are a lot of books that need to be written about this time. Mm-hmm. And if, if people miss that aspect of it, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be sorely mistaken because we won't have won. <laughs> we'll, right. we'll, have, we'll have lost. And it will have all been for nothing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, it's really interesting because when you listen to Trump as a candidate, um, he almost sounds like a, I don't want to say an Austrian because he's clearly not. He's a protectionist and, yeah. you know, essentially Keynes on steroids. <laughs> but um, when he brought up, you know, the economy and the fact that it was a bubble and that the unemployment rate was a farce and look at the workforce participation rate, he was spot on as a candidate um, yeah. to refer back to Peter Schiff. But he did like a little 10 minute video called Trump's Huge Reversal. And uh, he, he sounds just like one of us. Oh, the stock market's a huge bubble. It's held up by low interest rates. We have all this debt, our trade deficits. He said stuff that was like, wow, this is like, this makes sense. And I think that's a large part of the reason why he won is because he was hitting issues that were, that people know and people feel this and he was hitting them right on the head. But then as soon as he got in, turned right around. But this kind of goes back to the point of why there's such a huge opportunity here is that if there's a good libertarian out there who's going to speak this hot liberty shit in 2022, 2024 to the people in a concise, accurate way that they can digest, then I think, you know, I don't think it's a libertarian in the White House in 2024 if there is still a White House. But um, I think it's definitely possible to really shake things up. And I think that's where the libertarian party needs to be is that if we're not going to win all the elections, although I really hope we do, that we push the Overton window back towards us, that we say, look, you can't ignore this anymore. And this kind of actually goes to another point that I wanted to talk to you about is that when you refuse to endorse um, whoever you're running against in Georgia, their name escapes me right now. Purdue, yeah. Purdue, Purdue. Um, That took a lot of fucking balls, you know, (laughs) to say, I ain't doing it, guys. Well, Sorry, I, I'm not playing the. F- and you didn't even spend a lot of money, if I remember correctly. And they, I mean, this was like a cash dump for them. And like, you came in there, just nope. 
Yeah, I don't even know where to start with this. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think in 2022, 2024, mm-hmm. um, I don't think we're looking for power and i don't think libertarians are looking for power and i know there's a lot of people out there like if we're not winning elections and you know what are we doing well let let me be the the i don't know the the light of optimism for everybody is like listen five to ten percent that's all we need five to ten percent of people just saying get fucked right like both both fingers get fucked um no Right. Yeah. I, your dog agrees like that. That Doberman's coming out. Bro. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's the thing is like it for me, it's like, well, if we're doing our job, which I think we are, man, we're, we're watching this empire fall. And I think we're seeing a lot of liberty ideas um, in be adopted by both you know, people who were formerly Republicans and a lot of people who were formerly Democrats. And I, I'll tell you, I have tons of people who reach out to me all the time. It's like, I can't do this shit anymore. I can't do the GOP shit. I can't do the DNC stuff. And so like to, to be just present right in, in, in this moment now and sit there and say, we were watching the largest empire the earth has ever known in our recorded history to to, 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 to start to begin to fall and free fall to, to start the hyperinflation because they can't survive without it to, to see more and more people saying, no, we're not going to take a mandatory type of vaccine to see people sacrificing their livelihoods, their careers, whatever it is in the face of that kind of thing. Mm. I think libertarians need to take a moment. I think they need to take a moment right now in, you know, thanksgiving the holiday period and look at what they're accomplishing i mean we are a decentralized force and this isn't going to look like what it's looked like if we're successful it's going to look like what it's starting to look like where people start to realize how important their local sheriffs and mayors and police forces Mm -hmm. and deputies are and what they won't do to the populace in the name of orders and following the law and you know bullshit that we've heard throughout history like you know the nazis did in nuremberg Mm -hmm. so i think there's i think there's that aspect of it that we need to be extremely appreciative of i think it's something we need to double down on and i think you know from the other standpoint it's like what do you think you can do what do you see a path do you see something that we can work towards do you see an end state that you can spend your time and your energy and, and your money on um, in this in this point in history to make a difference. And if you can and you see it, don't let anybody talk you out of those type of things because that's you're the person that's going to make a difference. I mean, seriously, I was a guy that just wanted to raise my family in 2016 and, and didn't, didn't want anything to do with this bullshit. I still don't want anything to do with this bullshit. I moved out to a mountain to become a homesteader and, mm-hmm. and tell everybody, that, you know, you know, basically – Hey, listen, I'll, I'll help, but listen, I'm also looking out for what I want to do and I want to be independent. I want to be that person. And, you know, some of those things have changed over time, but I, I think, you know, I think people need to realize that you have to see a path that is yours and you have to believe in your path enough to take it and, and, and tell anybody and everybody along the way, get fucked. Now with, with his son, with the David Perdue thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh man, it was, it wasn't, I did it when I was a Republican too. Like I got a call the next day 
<laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I got a, I, I got a call from not only the county that I lived in, um, you know, GOP chair, I got a call from the Georgia seventh chair and I got a call from the other county that encompassed that district. And they're like, Hey man, it's time to endorse the, 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 the man. Right. And I was like, I don't think you understand why I ran at all. And so, you know, to have that moment with, you know, Rand, um, and, and to tell David Perdue that he can take his 20% constitutional voting record and, you know, shove it up his ass. Like, it was so nice to be able to do that because I did, I was literally like, I, I raised no money. Um, I, I, I didn't, I didn't spend any money. I didn't raise any money. Um, you know, I'm not like independently wealthy or anything. And I just ran a show, man. I ran a show. I, I didn't, I, I talked to people through the lives came off and talked about what people wanted to hear. And at the end of the day, when they came begging for an endorsement from a guy that spent $0 that got, a, I don't know, 115,000 votes, like a little over two and a half, well, about two and a half percent of the, the vote and, you know, brought in an extra, um, what was it? I don't know. Two hundred million dollars, oh, wow. on, on you know, like that's the thing is you if you bring in two hundred million dollars for a runoff, mm-hmm. like you've done your you've done your state a, a pretty solid on the economy, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the the news agencies around here should at least give you a little coverage, just a, a, a hey, a polite you know mention, you know, <laughs> not, not talking about a full reach around or anything, but hey, like at least mention at least buy you dinner or something, right? I mean something. <laughs> god's sakes right like they had a killer year last year so for for that all to you know to transpire and and here's the other thing a lot of people don't know like i i had conversations with david Perdue. i had you know i said hey you know this is this is what you could do to earn the libertarian votes you could take on this issue and this issue and this issue and i literally gave it to him on basically a script yeah. Go think of, I said, go think about it. Come back and do my show for an hour and tell, you know, the Liberty crowd what you're going to do to earn their vote. I'm not saying I'm going to endorse you, mm-hmm. but this week, I, I, and I, I'll tell you what, man, I even stroked his ego. I said, you could be great. You know? And that's the thing is like, I, I said, you could be fantastic if you would just take mm-hmm. a stand. And I even said, I said, you know, at the end of the conversation, I said, David, you need to figure out what you want your legacy to be. And you know, at that point, he didn't have an answer for it, right? So they sent in Rand Paul, and Rand Paul got crucified. <laughs> and, and it was hard, man, because I love Ron, right? Like, I love Ron yeah. Paul. And Rand is decent for, you know, a GOP guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, he didn't have an answer. And he definitely mm-hmm. couldn't talk me into, like, helping David Perdue. Right. And what most people don't understand is, like, at that point, um mike lee called me up one morning and this this was this was credit to mike lee because he listened um and and he took my advice mike called up and he said hey you know give me give me the the real down and dirty about what's going on in georgia and i told him i said listen and i told him everything that had transpired he's got all the rope in the world he's gonna hang himself and i said and if and if you come down here and you campaign for him you're gonna hang yourself and i will make sure of it and i said mike 
I'm, I'm telling you as somebody like, I see what you do in Congress or in the Senate. And I know you're a good guy. You got a great, you know, a great constitutional voting record. And he didn't even know what it was. I said, you got a great constitutional voting record, Mike, you're diligent, you're well-spoken. And I think your principles are in the right place. Don't come to Georgia because I'll destroy you. I, I don't want to do that, man. Mm-hmm. And so Mike didn't, Mike didn't come down here. He didn't say shit. Didn't, didn't, didn't put his ante in, didn't do any mm-hmm. of the nonsense, man. And so like, I don't know to, to be able to, to be able to make that kind of difference and for the establishment to go, Holy shit. You know, can you imagine if this guy had funding? Can you imagine if this guy had a machine behind him? Can you imagine if he actually won the, not only the, the public to just vote for him, but to go out and get off their ass and work. Like, I think the fucking Republicans are scared to death. Right. I mean, I, and I think that's where any libertarian can put people. If they tell them, listen, these aren't your votes. These aren't your people. We don't do business like you do. Mm-hmm. And by God, uh, we were the best part of the Republican party. And then we left because you guys lost your damn backbone and your nuts. So I don't know, man, like <laughs> crazy thing, isn't it? Yeah, dude. And, and but that's spot on though. Um, it needs to be, look, we will make sure you lose. You do not deserve the vote. There was a video. Um, I can't remember the channel, but they had 24,000 views on this video. And it said how this, how Shane Hazel ruined <laughs> the Georgia election. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh my God. If, if I remember, I'll send it to you. But um, it's essentially like 25 minutes of this dude just reading. And he's saying, oh, well, you know, if if sh- if the libertarians would have just stayed home, if Shane wouldn't have ran, then look, the Republicans could have had a full house and full this. But the problem with that is, well, okay, let's say they did win. Then what do we get? They haven't done anything. When they had control of the House and the Senate, in 2016 right and the presidency in 2016 and 2000 um to 2019 or 18 or whatever it was nothing got done so look if you're not going to be good on the issues that we need you to be good on get fucked we're not voting for you you do not get the libertarian vote and all my boober con co-workers freaked out because i told them i was voting libertarian and look i wasn't enthusiastically voting for joe jorgensen i like her she's a decent libertarian but i'm not enthusiastically voting for her if trump is going to be dog shit he should lose and i'm not saying biden's the right answer because clearly he's fucking not well and that's the thing is we don't live in this binary world Mm -hmm. yeah right it's like listen you guys have been taught that like these are your two choices and it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. And, and I right. said the other day, I think it was a tweet I sent out. It's like, man, if you care more about winning elections and you care about your freedom, you will win your enslavement. And that's it. Yes. Yes, you did. I remember. That's absolutely true though. Cause if you're not willing to tell, you know, these two choices, like, look, we're not putting up with it anymore. That's what it needs to be. It, it shouldn't be, well, these are your choices, the lesser of two evils. How about no evil? Why can't we just say no? Why can we not say, look, if you're not going to actually do the things we vote for you to do, then go. We don't want you anymore. And that's what I think voting libertarian is, is that you're voting for people on principle. You're voting for people that align with you. And it's not necessarily to put them in office, but it's to tell them, look, 
get fucked. We're not putting up with this anymore. Um, one of the comments on that video was, uh, oh God, I wish I had the screenshot, but uh, they said um, something like, oh, well, if libertarians would just stay at home. What? <laughs> Think about that. You're telling people, you know, what, what does everybody say on election day? Go vote, go vote, go vote. But it, it, I get so frustrated with that because it's never sincere. They mean it kind of in a backhanded way. Hey, go vote for my guy because I want my tyrant to control, you know, the house of cards. No, yep. no, sorry. I, I I refuse to play that anymore. And I think more and more people are as well. Feels good, too. I mean, mm -hmm. it feels good to be like, no, nah, man, I'm not going to vote for this guy. And I'm definitely not going to defend him because I didn't vote for him. And that's like, I don't know, there's there's that certain sort of freedom that you figure out when you don't vote for people, right? Is like, nah, he didn't earn it, right? Like, in right. the rest of the world, like in the rest of the world, when you do things, it's either did, especially Republicans, you know, it's did you earn it? And, you know, most of the time, those guys are like, well, you know, you should you should have to earn things in this world, right? And you're like, okay, well, I'm going to tell you right now, he didn't earn my vote like he's terrible on my right to free speech he's terrible on my right to privacy he's terrible on asset forfeiture he's terrible on gun rights he's terrible on things that i really care about in terms mm -hmm. of you know rights he never talks about those things he definitely doesn't fight for them in the public eye anywhere um and he sure as hell doesn't vote for him so like at the end of the day he doesn't feel like he owes me anything he hasn't tried to earn my namesake to back him. So fuck him. And mm -hmm. so it's like, that's a, like to be able to free yourself from this abusive relationship. And that's what it is. I mean, let's face it. Like it's this abusive relationship where they just say, give us more, give us more, give us more. And we're going to take more from you in all aspects to, I don't know, have a quote unquote civilized society. And you're sitting there going like, well, all right. Not to mention the you know the idea that you know when you really push Republicans, they're statist, and you know I I mean I got trashed by a lot of Republicans, <laughs> uh, which I don't know. It, it, like I smile because it's like you want to talk about it, and a lot of them are like, "Oh yeah, let's talk about it." Oh yeah, okay, I got a show, man. You want to come on and talk about it? And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I want to trash you on your own show." Okay, let's do it. And, you know, you just like feed them rope and you're just like, oh, boy, this is going to be so dramatic, you know, short stop at the end of this thing and that it's going to hurt. Right. And, you know, they'll they'll say, you know, I'm not a statist. I'm not you know, I'm not for fascism. I'm not for communism. But, hey, you actually kind of are. And let me point it out to you. And you get to cops and roads and you know just you know the well who would provide it and they they don't have the imagination to think that this could be done in the private sector Absolutely. versus the public sector and you know there's there's this bit of indoctrination that they go through from five to 18 minimum um that tells them that no hey, you got to have cops and star spangly awesome we say the pledge of allegiance and so the independence you know magical cloth has to do its thing and like all this is bullshit it's just you know like if, if they had the courage to see that they're not free, like I gave this speech the other night in front of this group of conservatives. And I said, you know, don't thank me for my service. And you just like, you can see that like the room take a, a visible gasp. I said, do you feel free? And at that moment, you know, there was just silence. I said, I sure as hell don't. 
So my service, and I told him, and I said, man, I serve the banks, I serve the MIC, and I serve greedy ass politicians. And that wasn't you, right? Like you guys wouldn't be here in this meeting if we were free. You guys wouldn't be coming together for this like self-help group during these tough times, you know, to get together if we were free. You guys would just be, you know, out there enjoying your, I don't know, your Independence Day barbecues and like, that's all bullshit. And I think they're starting to understand that it's at least bullshit, but they still haven't gotten to the why, you know, why is it bullshit? So I don't know, to, to have the to have the hate of, you know, the establishment, well, guys, it just tells me you don't understand elections. First and foremost, I wasn't even in the runoff. Um, and secondly, it's just like, you guys definitely don't understand what people do versus what people say while they're in office. So it's like, you kind of just come out and exposed yourself as somebody who shouldn't be voting. And, <laughs> and, and that's, you know, like, I, I don't know, it, it, by their own metrics and their own standards, they should not pull a ballot. They should not vote because they don't know what the person who they are voting for is doing um, with the ballot that they have. Right. It's just, this is my guy. This is my party. So, you know, I, I have to vote for him. And, and it's funny because I have heard people tell me, oh yeah, I just vote all Republican. I vote all Democrat. I, I just vote this way. It's like, well, you should probably care about the issues because what if you literally have someone who literally is a Democrat through and through, but just because you vote Republican, they got an R next to their name. Well, guess what? They just got your vote. And, you know, they're saying, take away your guns and everything, which, you know, our last president did. But even beyond that, you know, if if you're not willing to do due diligence of the people that you're basically putting in power to take away your rights, you're doing yourself a pretty big disservice. Oh, I mean, can you imagine putting your name by like, seriously, I mean, just signing your name behind somebody to go do a job. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do it. Like, I mean, right. have you ever been asked for a letter of recommendation? I have. Have you ever turned somebody down for a letter of recommendation? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I I wholeheartedly is like, no, man, Um, I'm not going to write you a letter of recommendation. And that's, a, you know, you got to be honest enough with yourself to be able to be, I mean, obviously, I don't have that problem, I guess. But like, you know, <laughs> you got to have you got to be able to say, no, man, you know what, Um, my name is worth a little bit more. And mm -hmm. you know, my legacy in this world is worth more than doing this and, and, and blindly supporting somebody just because they're not those guys. And mm -hmm. here's the other thing is what kind of, you know, emasculated, you know, testicular fortitude, you know, deficiency do you have to have to sit there and say, I'm not voting for this guy because of this, right. Without mentioning the other guy, it, are mm -hmm. you scared? Are you, are you voting out of fear? Because you know who votes out of fear? People who are not very well, you know, not, not well studied and cowards. Mm -hmm. Cowards vote out of fear instead of voting out of a, a place of principle and drawing a line in the sand. If you really had the, the testicular fortitude, especially in the GOP, you wouldn't vote for probably about 95 plus percent of the people on the ticket because they're all part of the machine and mm -hmm. you know, they're all, they, they, they have, they don't give a damn about rights at the end of the day They care about power. Right. It's uh that's spot on. Um, I kind of wanted to pivot over to a little something. Um, 
you did a podcast on PTSD, and this is going to get a little deep, and I hope you don't mind. All right, man. But um, the last couple of years before I officially understood war and how bad war was, I did a lot of reading. I don't know if you're familiar with Jocko Willink at all, but um, yep. he covered a lot of like war books on his podcast, and obviously I disagree with him on his kind of conclusions on war. But uh, with all these talks of, you know, there's a lot of right wingers who seem terrified of China. And I've heard legitimately people say that we should go to war with China. It, it's it's a huge disconnect because you would know better than me, but I've read enough books to kind of understand, you know, read about Unit 731, read Ordinary Men, um, listen to stories about the My Lai Massacre. I don't think people understand just how brutal war gets like people don't they don't ever listen to it and to be fair why would they because you don't have to deal with that but before you ever say that we should go to war just remember what this implies you know we just killed 12 children um because uh, some marines died and you know it's unfortunate that anybody dies period but you know this isn't like it you know an uncommon thing where children die and it shouldn't be that way but if you're going to say that we should go to war with China or anywhere, really, you need to realize what that entails and what that means for a people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, let, let's try to unpack this as much as we can. Um, sure. Yeah. W- war is, is the absolute last resort um, in any given situation and without empire, it, would be smaller it would be less frequent and it would uh be less devastating for for one thing um when whenever you know a large large empire like america um gets moving around the globe in in its political chess pieces you know the people that are going to be most affected are poor people they're going to be innocent people um and yeah it's it's just it's such a a scar on the the psyche of everybody who experiences it that I don't think, um, you know, it's not something that most people should ever have to experience. It's not something that you can imagine dealing with, you know, for the rest of your life. And that's the thing is, yeah, you know, the kinetic part might last minutes, seconds. Um, it might last years. I don't know, but, what's going to transpire from that is going to last anybody and everybody who is involved in that moment in time, the rest of their life. And it's going to have devastating consequences. Now it can have compound, you know, devastating type of effects. If a person is robbed of everything that they ever loved in the world and they weren't doing anything wrong. And, you know, that's the thing is you take, Kid, uh, you know a guy's kids and his wife and his his homestead or you know where he's barely eking out an existence away from him and he's gonna probably be compelled to do the most heinous shit on earth right in in terms of retribution and you know where where do we get with that we just get this downward spiral uh as a as a species and so yeah, the, the people that are like, we should go to war with China are fucking stupid. Um, and, and I and I don't mean like kind of stupid. I mean like gutter um, type of, you know, haven't experienced anything, wear 5'11 fucking gear, play airsoft, 
and Call of Duty like it's their goddamn job. And they, you know, given the opportunity, if I would buy them full kit and say, all right, here you go. Here's a plane ticket. You would, they, they wouldn't, there's no way on earth. And I, I think it's a bunch of very reckless, foolish talk from a bunch of people that haven't known or considered um, or done anything. Now, in terms of just logistically, Scott Horton covers this extremely well, by the way. Yeah. If, any, if anybody's, you know, wants, wants to learn to the point where their brain melts <laughs> out their ear. Yep. Why this is a bad idea and why it's an unnecessary idea. Go listen to Scott Horton. Um, yeah. But China's GDP is is a fraction of, of what, you know, ours is in terms of being able to project military force. He also makes an extremely wise and diligent point that if you look at China, China is surrounded, right? Like they are surrounded by people that don't necessarily like China. Right. Um, and not just kind of surrounded, but like to the extent where you've got like 16 to 18 plus countries. And I don't know exactly what it is, but I mean, you know, Korea, Japan being two large, very powerful um, economies in that in that sphere. But then you have Indonesia and you have Singapore and you have um, the uh, the guys over in uh, what was the country that's changed name that's been in Civil War. Um, uh, oh, I'm terrible Ge- geography. Yes. Yeah, so Myanmar Republic. You've, okay. got, you've got India. You've got Uzbekistan. You've got afghanistan you've got uh god the other stand that's over there you've got (laughs) russia i mean these guys are absolutely surrounded by countries that could make china's life extremely hard if they got overextended now here's the other thing is the the yuan is in the same position that the dollar is it's about to go extinct and it's it's because of bitcoin and so you know they're dealing with that they're getting black eyes from the bitcoin community over and over and over again and they haven't shut it down they haven't made a ton of progress you know they've they've made some people move some servers but is there bitcoin being traded inside of china there's definitely bitcoin (laughs) being traded inside of china so the idea that china would ever project force over here i think is silly um i think china you know looking at their history in terms of kinetic warfare is it's not their thing i think they understand that kinetic warfare invites a lot of trouble in in you know in their space and so what they've been doing i think for a long time and and, and smartly is building a more of a defensive type of positioning and posture and so I think it's a bunch of saber rattling by the Warhawks, you know, the, the typical Warhawks, the Boltons, the Pompeos, you know, the guys that are, you know, these, these you know, very comfortable old white guys that have never done any type of uh, kinetic activity ever and um, have really sent a lot of good people to the grave. So I, I don't think it's, um, it's obviously not wise. Um, it's also unneeded. And the best thing we could be doing is still running trade deficits with these people, right? Like, and, and that's the thing is I don't think people understand economics. Like you look at economics, oh God, no. it's a, it's a full cycle type of deal is, you know, where one side has, you know, a trade deficit, you're also receiving, you know, greater, um, greater amounts of people's 
time and value mm -hmm. um, than would be possible if it was done here, if you didn't run the trade deficit. It's not that it's a bad thing. So, yeah, man, warfare is, uh, you know, bottom line up front is, you know, what we should be striving for is a, a history of peace. We should be striving for a culture that writes their history and how they have avoided war versus their, you know, amazing generals with chestfuls of fucking war medals that, you know, slaughtered millions and millions of people, not to be a downer, but like, I, I see mm -hmm. it for what it is. And Smedley Butler, one of the great Marine generals, um, was, you know, obviously very fond of the term war is a racket. And, uh, hit, that is his book. And if anybody's so inclined, it's a fantastic read. Right. Right. I got you. Yeah. That's a lot. And, uh, like I said, when I was kind of studying war and the different massacres that were notable throughout history, I, it, every time people bring up war or they casually, you know, talk about how it's okay to kill people over the Middle East or flirt with the idea of war with China, I, I just, I get that image in my mind and I'm not a veteran, but like I said, I've, I've read enough to know. It's like, you guys do not want Smart, this. Smarter than all of us that are. <laughs> Yeah, some might say my my base player. Uh, he's fifty one. He was a veteran. He was a, a Navy SEAL, and uh, he he's pretty good about it. He says, "Look, dude, I worked for the government for you know six or eight years. I know they're fucked up." <laughs> yeah, super fucked up. Yeah. Weird culture too. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Yeah, I went to school with a uh, actually a fair bit of veterans, but yeah, like I said, I, I just think people are very disconnected from it. And they don't understand just the whole implication of what it looks like full circle. Like these people have to come back and try to integrate back into society. And it's not that there's necessarily anything wrong with them, but I mean, Jesus Christ, you put anybody through something like that where they see people's limbs getting blown off, or you're just an ordinary guy made to do tasks that, you know, the average person couldn't imagine. And it's not like people won't do it. But it's, you know, not only the act of doing it, but seeing it and the whole experience from what I can understand and what I've read that really just tears people apart. And, you know, if people aren't ready for it, then, I mean, it's a lifetime of torture. Well, and then kind of waking up to the idea that they were conned, right? Like, you right. Kill you kill people and for what? You mm -hmm. didn't kill them for freedom. So now you're going to unpack that the rest of your life. And the mm -hmm. VA is going to help you along with a handful of pills. Now that you've gone from the asset column to the liability column, it's like, you know, what, what does the government do with liabilities? They get rid of liabilities. And so mm -hmm. they, they literally spend billions and billions and billions of dollars a year on making sure that you are the most uh, pilled, you know, veteran you could possibly be versus saying hey man here's some flour here's some mushroom <laughs> you know this is what a lot of guys in you know that, that have at least come to grips and are living healthy acceptable mental lives um you know spiritually connected lives at that um you know and i'm not going to ever say you're going to make a full recovery you'll never make a full recovery but Absolutely. what you will do is at least get to the point where you're not thinking about it every day. You're not dreaming about it every day. You don't hate the world. You're not, you know, mission over empathy anymore. 
And your ego is one of those things that you can let go of. And I tell you, well, you know, that's one of the things is alpha males, especially, you know, the warrior class is letting go of your ego is the most freeing thing you could possibly do, especially as somebody who's, you know, dealing with post-traumatic stress. I won't call it a disorder because it's just an experience that you naturally go through no matter what. So yeah, I mean, to, to see that side of it where you're like, Hey man, they're like literally spending billions of dollars to try to fucking kill you versus just allow you to like tell how maybe you recovered from this kind of shit through nature. That's free and how we shouldn't be doing this kind of stuff. You want to talk about powerful messages, man. Like that's, that's the message. I don't think they want people to hear is like, listen, this guy used, you know, a little bit of psilocybin. This guy used, um, you know, some high THC concentrates and got through something that we, that quote unquote, we don't know how to solve. Right. Like, and <laughs> it's illegal. It's class, you know, what, what do they say? What, uh, is it schedule one? Like, we don't know. If yeah. And you're like, Hey guys, um, I got some uses for it and I can help guide this kind of stuff and I can do it for a fraction of your budget. Right. And that's unbelievable. And it's funny, the former neocon right wing in me, um, kind of what I hear psilocybin mushrooms, I'm like, man, that's for like terrible people. But then the more and more I hear about it, and this just isn't my realm of expertise, but all the things I hear, especially from people who have issues like this, is that it's largely beneficial. Um, oh, and, you know, we're propagandized is. from the time we're kids to think that it's terrible. And, you know, you're going to go on NASA trip and run outside naked and stab somebody or something. Yeah, no, but... don't don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not <laughs> going to I'm not like I don't have any experience outside of psilocybin and THC. Uh-huh. But I will tell you is, you know, hey, don't go, you know, don't go doing meth. Right. Like I'm not yeah. going to sit there and t- like, or your acid or any of these other things. Like I don't have any experience in there. And I, I, but I do have experience within the, the mushrooms and, and, um, and THC in, in very large doses. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, man, I was the same kid, you know, I was that kid that stayed after school and went to the dare programs and just say no <laughs> and fucking 1980s, Nancy Reagan and, you know, Ronald Reagan mm-hmm. saying drugs are what's going to kill us. No, man, I'm, drugs not necessarily you know all of them but these certain psychedelics i think this is what society is missing in terms of spirituality because it does allow you to let go of that ego um and really you know connect with and feel empathy for your fellow human being and you know wow what a what a time you know to look at society and go could we use some empathy yeah, we could use some empathy. Absolutely. A lot of empathy. Um, could we could we look at you know things from outside of our own ego and maybe admit that we were fucking wrong? Republicans and Democrats, mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, right? It's like, <laughs> could we could we I mean, could we could we use a little bit of that? And well, okay, well, how much how much is it gonna cost us and how you know how would it affect? And I, I mean, I'll tell you what I was talking about this the other day with you know somebody. And I was like, man, I'll tell you what, if the world could get together, at least the adults 25 and over and sit there and say, listen, at this time, we're going to just all sync up and we're either going to eat about two grams of psilocybin or, you know, smoke or, you know, smoke our weight in, in cannabis I, or, or eat it. I don't care. What would happen 
in the following days might be the most amazing thing the planet's ever seen. Now, I'm not saying it's ever going to happen. Global Woodstock. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know, uh, people, you know, I, I, don't be scared of it. Figure it out. Go go talk to people that are well studied in it. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you know, I, I've got a I've got a show. Actually, I, I, man, do you know who David Fight is out of um, uh, Free Speech Media? No, no, I haven't heard that. I just before. did a whole show on this kind of stuff with him. Okay, cool. Um, and it's um, yeah, it's one of the things I love talking about with people who are interested in in learning and listening. Huh. Yeah, I might have to look a little bit more into that. And, you know, I, I just, like I said, it's something that I just never really looked into because, you know, the conservative kind of background. Yeah. But uh, I guess one point here is, so what you're saying is that you are just a libertarian who likes to smoke weed and do shrooms. Oh, I tell you what. Uh... <laughs> oh, I had to get that. Yeah, no, it's, um, uh, yeah, you know, I'm not going to, I wouldn't lie as like, if, yeah. if this was an acceptable thing in culture, I'd be running, uh, I'd be running practices of this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just like, you know, I, I think humanity needs a lot more spirituality and, you know, for people who are Christians out there, um, great book, uh, the, uh, immortality key. It mm -hmm. talks about how the Catholic church back in the 1600s, absolutely, um, uh, castrated this piece of christianity from the christian faith they took the spirituality out of it by removing uh things like psilocybin and uh and thc from it so just food for thought yeah no, that's all really interesting and like i said i've never really looked into it but that that does really interest me because obviously as a libertarian we're all for you know freedom to do what you want but this kind of taps onto one more point. And I don't want to keep you too, too much longer, but um, maybe we can hit on this and then maybe we'll rock and roll. Um, with these vaccine mandates coming out, it, it kind of reminds me of drug laws because essentially you're making criminals out of peaceful people. People who are just declining vaccination, they're not violent people. These people just see this as an unnecessary operation my fiance and i both had covid <laughs> it wasn't a big deal at all me too yeah yeah it, it was like oh i i felt like crap for a couple of days i lost my taste and smell for a week and then it came right back and then bam felt, you know back to normal um my fiance lost her smell for a month that was it okay we got natural immunity and guess what like you saw on your podcast um just the other day there's like hundreds if not probably thousands of studies now proving that natural immunity is better than vaccinated immunity you know so for us there's only downside when it comes to getting vaccinated if you're an older person and your risk horizon you know your time horizon overall on this earth is a little bit shorter okay maybe you have a case there but you know if you have natural immunity and you're under 50 you're healthy you're not obese there's pretty much no case for you to get vaccinated because it's all downside risk essentially yeah, I mean that's the thing is you're you're adding risk to your own life. If you, and here's the the one stat that I found staggering mm -hmm. is 70 and under with you know your your comorbidities factored in, um, you know not in or not out but in. If you're obese, you have diabetes. Even at 70 and under, all of these things, you have a 99.95 percent chance of surviving COVID. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get Bell's palsy. You're probably not going to have a heart attack or have right. myocarditis, pericarditis. Um, you're not going to have the increased heart rate um, for females. You know, the 
either the stop or the increase in menstruation and you know amongst a whole host of other things that people have reported from being vaccinated not to mention mm-hmm. it waning over i don't know the course of sometimes days and you're right. sitting there going like look guys i don't know you look at human evolution and we're so damn short-sighted you know and, mm-hmm. and so full of ourselves as human beings we're like oh we can solve this now well i mean i don't want to be the guy that shows you guys like what's plain, painfully obvious is like the people that got you here the people in your lineage right who have survived for i don't know eons and eons and eons yeah they've built this really amazing immune system that you have inherited <laughs> they've survived yeah. some shit that you can't even fucking imagine mm-hmm. and it's like i think i'm gonna trust it i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna boost that up i think i'm gonna you know exercise i think i'm gonna get you know some vitamin d and some zinc and man i'm i'm really i'm just gonna invest in you know me and fuck fuck these companies out here that are in it for profit and you know one size fits all you know non-thinking type of solutions it's just just on its face you just see it and you're like god man if i was in if i was watching a movie and they were just <laughs> can't they see it can't they see that this one size fits all like i yeah. i feel like everybody in the theater would be screaming at the the screen yeah you know like it's a horror movie it's like yeah no man he's like he's right there with a the goddamn machete he's about to chop your head off and like <laughs> no no they didn't no they they kept walking and some girl laughed at some guy or she fell as she was trying to run away and you're like mm-hmm. oh guys god you just stand up for crying out loud but yeah it it, yeah you could fix a lot of metabolic health issues within the course of like a couple weeks right and people lose weight um now i'm not a proponent of fast of fast weight loss just because it has different issues on um the way it affects your metabolism your muscle mass right right it's better to lose the weight slowly because then you'll retain your metabolic rate you'll retain more lean mass but all that aside obesity is a comorbidity for covid um an obese i think it was like an obese 30 year old has a similar risk to that of like a 70 year old so but you could fix that we've not heard that like not not even once and you know americans clearly are not doing well in the metabolic health department only were we further like how many people have gotten obese over this stretch of time yeah 25 percent rise in obesity and fucking children Jesus. children and 88 percent of people in the u.s i believe it was um don't check um six specific boxes to mark or to show that they have overall well metabolic health so look we don't have like this overpopulation problem like the left wants you to believe if anything, because, you know, the, the concern there is, oh, well, we can't make enough food to feed people. Have you looked around? Clearly, people have not missed a meal recently. Missing a meal might do them a little bit of good at this point. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, we've been probably going for about an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, kind of wish to end it on a good note. Um, what do you got going on? I know you're doing the Helios Initiative, so uh, let's yeah. kind of end it on that. And I got one question for you that I want to ask you off air to kind of leave people with some suspense. And I think you'll say yes. And it's I'm really, really excited if I can get this together. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, so Helios is a initiative that I started originally to pull the governor candidates together, but it's morphed into, um, because time is short, uh, going after the mayors and the sheriffs in your county uh, with proclamations on my website, radicalpod.com. Uh, there's a page that's labeled Helios, and I've put up four of these proclamations for mayors and sheriffs to adopt and they're written for you You can literally copy paste them take them down uh have them look at them and i got my first win um about a month ago on civil asset forfeiture here in yeah holly springs and so we have a proven model it works um i'm I'm not completely retarded and (laughs) i can i understand the constitution i understand it as a tool so basically it uses it uses the fifth amendment or i'm sorry the article five and in article six and it uses the amendments in conjunction with uh, U.S. Code 18242, deprivation of rights under color of law. And when you put all these things together, you get this really nice, neat one page, um, you know, adoption policy that says we're not going to persecute peaceful people under, you know, these ridiculous fantasy crimes in mm-hmm. our county. And this is this is actionable. This is something that anybody and everybody who's worried about what's going on can get a small group of people together and and go take action to free um, themselves within their own county. And that's really what it's going to come down to as the economy collapses. Where's your sheriff? Where's your mayor, the police, the the deputies that work for them? Um, and if they're not on your side, replace them. You know, get out there and, and work your ass off to either recall them or when the election comes around, get rid of them and get somebody in there that doesn't believe in these things. Because mm-hmm. let's face it, we can touch sheriffs. We can touch these, you know, these mayors. And that's a that's a real step up from trying to, I don't know, win the presidency and all that other stuff. So right. that's Helios. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you're working with that uh, Kate Crosby over in um, Austin. I think it is Pennsylvania here. Yep. Yeah. She just got elected as mayor. And, uh, you know, they've been throwing around the sign that uh, Pennsylvania has the most elected libertarians. So, and, and some of the positions aren't, you know, order of elections, constable, but, you know, there's still something to be said about that. And we'll see how that plays out in the coming years. But perhaps maybe that's part of the reason why I'm uh, very optimistic is because we have a lot of good libertarians elected in this state. So we'll see how it goes in 2022, 2024. Um, where can people find you, Shane? Uh, radicalpod.com uh, every, everything I've got is there links gear shows you name it um, whatever you whatever <laughs> you need to get your fill of uh, you know the, the stuff that I'm stirring up in this world <laughs> nice nice all right well uh, stick around for a couple minutes I gotta ask you something everybody this is in liberty and health this is probably my favorite show yet hopefully many many more to come thanks everybody Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.